0: Everyone, John Chapter Fourteen. Turn
1: your Bibles to John Chapter Fourteen. John Chapter Fourteen. What I really wanted to do
0: today is work through most of the chapter. There's a lot of thoughts, a lot of themes, a lot of ideas in here. And I started breaking this up and I'm thinking, well, you know, if I just focus in on that paragraph and that leaves out this part of the picture. And if I just focus in on this paragraph, it leaves out this part of the picture. So what I think is, is best for us to do is, is, is look at really chapter 14, verse 1 through 24 together. And we're going to look at it first from a macro lens perspective. We're going to zoom in on some
1: some specific
0: ideas, and um, ask the Lord to help us see what he would have us see today um, on his word. So let's pray and uh, ask the Lord to help us today. Heavenly Father, thank you for your beautiful word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Uh, Thank you for Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And Father, we pray now that your Holy Spirit would fill our hearts, that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, uh, what your Spirit would say to us today through your precious word. And help us to see you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, as you have led the way for us, Lord. Help us to see clearly what it looks like to follow you, to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow you. Help us to see what that looks like, Lord. Help us to, to feel it in our hearts today, God, your presence and your guiding, step by step, every step of the way. And may these things just not be intellectual ideas in our minds, Lord, but may these truths sink deeply into our hearts and encourage our souls today, Lord, that, that we would walk with you and abide in you. And we love you, Jesus, I pray all this in your name. Amen. John chapter 14, starting at verse 1. These are some of the most comforting words that uh, you're ever probably going to hear in your life. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on... If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while, and, and the world will see me no more Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And so Jesus is leaving his disciples In these chapters, 13 through 17, these are his final words to them before he leaves them. He's telling them plainly that he's leaving them. And he can tell that their hearts are sorrowful, that their hearts are troubled. And he cares about them. And he says, let not your heart be troubled. Those are truly sweet words to hear. He tells them those those words and he tells us those words today as well. That in him we may have peace. We have so much trouble in this world, but take heart, Jesus says. I have overcome the world, John 16. In th- chapters 13 through 17, Jesus is, is not only saying his final words to his disciples, but he is, he's modeling to them and, and teaching them and us today the way to the Father. We all have a deep desire in our souls to to be in union with God, to live with God in our souls, in our our hearts. And Jesus is showing us the way to the Father. He's told us before in John to deny ourselves, to take up our cross daily and to follow him. In chapter 13, he, he modeled for us humility. Love and service by washing the nasty, dirty, grimy feet of his disciples. He's modeling for us and he's teaching us with his words. He laid aside his privilege at the Passover supper. And as their master, Lord and teacher, he took off his clothes. He girded himself with a towel. He got down on his hands and knees and like a slave, he washed and dried their feet. He then allowed Judas to deliver him up to be killed and gave them a specific and simple command. What's Jesus's command? Love one another. It's as simple as that. This is my command, a new command I give to you, that you love one another.
1: You know, you can imagine this in your mind. He,
0: he, you're going into this big test on keeping the law. And it's like, oh, I got I to gotta memorize all the laws. You know, we have this big test. And it's like, oh, boy, there must be 50 of them. I got to memorize them all. And Jesus is like, no, I'll give you one. Love. Love one another. Now, he knows they would have trouble with this command. And then we have trouble with it, too. In fact, they had been arguing amongst themselves already at that meal about who was the greatest. Remember that. And Judas had just left to deliver Jesus up to be killed. There wasn't a whole lot of love at that meal. Classic family dinner, right? Thanksgiving's coming up, of so you all might be like worried about that. It's like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> wasn't a whole lot of love at that Last Supper. There's a lot of fighting and dissension, and like and Judas is like, I'm out, I'm delivering this guy up. It's time to go. Not a lot of love. So Jesus says, One thing I command you, a new commandment love one another. <clears throat> Peter would even deny Jesus that very night three times, even though he said he was willing to die for it. You know, we we think we can love, we think we know how to love, but it comes right down to it. Man, we really struggle with love. We really do. Jesus knows that when it comes right down to it, our nature is to be selfish and to love ourselves and forsake each other. Matter of fact, they were all tested in that, that night, and what happened? They all scattered. Everyone to his own home or place, they all left it. Jesus will die with you. Let's go die with him. We love you, Jesus. They, they may have loved him emotionally, but they weren't willing yet to lay down their lives for, him. like they said they were. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends, right? right. So it's the kind of love that Jesus is trying to model for us, and he is teaching <coughs> us. It's a deeper love than what our culture. Teaches us what love is. And so here in chapter 14, Jesus wants to change this. He he wants to, to model for us. He wants to help us understand this clear picture of love. And in chapter 14, we see a clearer picture of love and unity and oneness of Jesus. There's this emphasis on all this oneness and unity. Jesus in the Father, the Father in Jesus, the Holy Spirit coming as a helper. You're seeing this all through 14, 15, 16, 17. There's a strong emphasis on love and unity and oneness,
1: integration, coming together. John 14, 9 says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Father who dwells
0: in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. See these words repeated over and over again. Chapter 14, verse 12. Because of this, whoever believes in Jesus will also do the works that he did, and greater works than these will you do, because he has gone to the Father. Whatever you ask in Jesus' name, he will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And so we see all all these words about us being in the Father, being in Jesus, Jesus in us, all this unity. And because of that, when we are one with Jesus and the Father and the Spirit and all basically living, you know, in, in union with God in our souls,
1: anything you ask in Jesus' name, he will do. For what purpose?
0: That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, when we read those words, that's a very powerful statement. Very powerful statement. How can that be? Anything I ask, Jesus, you're going to do? How is that? How can that be? That's not true, Jesus, because I asked that you
1: would heal my mother, and she didn't, she didn't get healed. So that's not true, Jesus, what you just said. I asked that, you know, I'd get that job promotion, Jesus, and I didn't get it. So these words
0: can't be true. Is God a liar? I mean, we get to verses like this, now we're confronted with some deep stuff. This is deep spirituality. You don't just gloss this. These types of verses, they cause us to really be confronted with the truth of God. And some of us, we really wrestle with this. Like, no, I pray, I asked in Jesus' name. We, we pray all the time, right? We pray in Jesus' name. I just did.
1: We pray in Jesus' name. And sometimes he doesn't do what we want, what we pray for.
0: Well, you know, God is not some genie in a lamp that can be conjured up to give us all of our selfish wants. If, if that's our attitude toward a text like this, then we're way off. We're way off in our understanding. And and we really need a spiritual transformation of our hearts and our
1: minds to understand this. And to have have an impact in our daily lives. God is not
0: some genie in a lamp that we just conjure up and pray for things we want in Jesus' name. And so many, so many of us, we get so frustrated and discouraged and depressed even. And we keep praying for the same thing we want over and over again. And it ain't happening. And we think, God, are you even listening?
1: What's happening here, God? Are you real? Are you even listening? Do you care? We we doubt,
0: don't we? We doubt God. We just do so i thought a lot about this you know and even in my own life and i can remember in those times when i was praying like that and i thought you know if i'm praying that way and i feel like god isn't hearing me because i'm not getting what i'm asking for it's probably because my prayer is coming from that old self that paul told us to throw off (laughs)
1: throw off that old self
0: it's it just wants what it wants And I'm not, I haven't thrown off that old self. I kind of put it back on and I'm in it because that old self, you know, wants more money or more comfort or a bigger ego or whatever it wants. And I've gone back to, you know, wearing that, those old clothes, those old filthy garments again. And I'm not really walking in the spirit of God and praying in the spirit of God when I'm asking like that. And it may even seem like it's sincere and not selfish. You know, I'm asking that someone be healed, or I'm asking for, uh, you know, peace in the world, or those types of things. But for, you know, what is my motive there? What's really pushing that? If I'm honest with myself, typically it's something fairly selfish for some whatever reason that I want something. And that's not what Jesus is talking about here. That's not the kind of prayer jesus is talking about here that kind of prayer is what james says in his book it's very selfish prayer even if it doesn't seem selfish if you if you peel back the onion you ask yourself like why five different times to get to the core of it you're going to see that in the core of it yeah that was uh, actually probably selfish of me. am i praying and no wonder i'm well, no wonder it's not being answered. Or maybe God's going to answer it 50 years from now. Sometimes he's just saying, wait. Wait, this timing is not our timing. But we want things now, right? And so we look at texts like this and we start to
1: doubt. We're like, oh,
0: I asked for that in Jesus' name and I didn't get it. So this, this just can't be true. And we doubt. The kind of praying and asking Jesus is talking about comes from a much deeper spiritual place in our hearts. And that's really where I want us to see more clearly this morning. Because we struggle to see this deeper spiritual place in our hearts. We struggle to see it, and we certainly struggle to live in it day by day. In this text, he talks about sending the Holy Spirit, the helper, the spirit of truth. It's possible... Through abiding in and with the Helper that He is sent, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit of God in you, that you can experience this type of spirituality and prayer life. It's in abiding in and with the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know the Holy Spirit, for he dwells with you and will be in you. John 14 17. And this was written in the past. Since then, the Holy Spirit has been sent. When we believe in the Lord Jesus and put our faith in him, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, and we can live in union with God in our souls through the Holy Spirit. We have that promise. We are the new temple of God. God dwells in. Our hearts, he's there in our hearts. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. And so not only is Jesus in the father and the father is in Jesus. They are
1: in you and me also. God is in you.
0: God is in me. He is in my heart. There is union of my soul, my true self, my soul with God.
1: You can live with God in your heart. You do live with God in your heart. And he has saved your soul through
0: faith in him. So we see so much about love and abiding and unity and the glory of God in these passages. All these things are working together in such great beauty and harmony in our lives and in the heart of God.
1: That's a life-changing truth for all of us. So,
0: What does this look like practically in our lives? That's where I wanted to get to today, because most of us know these things. There's there's not much lack of knowing in this room. (laughs) There's a lot of knowing of these basic doctrines in our minds. We just seem to stumble a lot in daily life to like really experience this and live it out. Practically in the world. And even sometimes in this room. If we're honest. How can this truth change the way you and I live every single day, every moment of the day? God's desire for you and for me is for us to follow Jesus into this place of love, joy, and peace. That's where he wants us to live and abide. He gave us his Holy Spirit to help us live in this way.
1: Why like he said, let not your hearts be troubled. And man, we have some troubled hearts, don't we?
0: Over all kinds of things. Jesus is saying all along, arms wide open, let not your hearts be troubled. And he's saying that looking toward the cross. Within a day, he will be hanging on that cross.
1: <laughs> Let not your hearts be troubled. Jesus did not go away and leave us as
0: orphans, as spiritual orphans. 4 John 14:18) He went away and he sent us the Holy Spirit to live within our hearts to guide us into all truth and enable us to live and be truly in the love of God. It's in living in God that we can ask whatever we wish and it will be done. It is in living and abiding with the spirit of God, we have true spiritual power in our inmost being. And that power is demonstrated In love, joy, and peace. God wants us to love everything and everyone, even my enemies, even your enemies. God wants us to love everything and everyone, even your enemies.
1: Now, alone
0: and by myself, willpower and intellect will seldom be able to love in difficult situations over time. We can fake it for a little while, but in the difficult situations over long periods of time, just by your sheer will and intellect alone, you will not be able to persevere in love. That's why the apostle Paul kept telling the churches, do not grow weary in well-doing. Press on towards the prize." Go deep into love.
1: You can't do it on your own strength for any length of time, especially in difficult situations.
0: Many sophisticated folks try to love on their own strength and by themselves. They try to obey the second commandment without obeying the first. And this won't work long-term and usually results in very cynical and hard-hearted people. You try to obey the second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself, without obeying the first, which is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Everything in you loves God. He, He is the treasure
1: of your heart. So we must obey the first to be able to obey the second.
0: Otherwise, you just, you won't be able to do it long-term. You become a very cynical, hard-hearted person. And and this is true because there's usually a straight line between love and suffering. Love involves suffering. The mothers in the room really know the truth of this. (laughs) Love involves suffering and sacrifice. You've given up your life, most of you, for the sake of raising children. You you know this.
1: Some fathers too. And it's because when we love, we give up control,
0: which often leads to our loss of something and suffering because of it. I'm trying to use real practical words here that, like, hit us right where we live. You know, when you, when you just purpose in your heart that I'm going to love someone, you, you are letting go of control in some way, shape, or form if you're truly loving. And when you give up control, you just, oh, you invited suffering of some kind somewhere along the way. You're going to experience
1: it. And without the comfort of the Holy Spirit in our souls, this suffering and pain will just
0: harden our hearts rather than warm them. This is why Jesus is inviting us to dwell with him in a place that he has made for us. Remember that from the first part of John 14. He's gone to prepare a place for us. He's come back to receive us to himself That where we are. He is ways we may be also. It's both a place far off, and it's also a place right in here, in your soul, in your heart.
1: He's inviting us to live and dwell and abide. These are all words you're going
0: to see as we go through John 14 through 17. Abide with him in this place that he has made for us. He's inviting us to follow him there and he's given us his Holy Spirit to be in us, to be a helper, to help us be there and dwell there. It's God in you and you in God. This is what Jesus is teaching us with another illustration in chapter 15 of abiding in him as as he is the vine and we are the branches of the vine. We are in him and he is in us. And there is love and unity and harmony
1: there when we're abiding in him. So how how do we know when we're there? How do we know
0: we're abiding in his spirit and love and that his love and his spirit is abiding in us? How, How do you know that? Well,
1: he gives us the answer. He says you'll bear fruit.
0: It's all here. That's why I'm asking you to read chapters 13 through 17 kind of over and over again as one big chunk of text because all this works together. It's the same core message with different illustrations.
1: You will bear fruit in your life when you're abiding there, good fruit that remains. Good tree bears good fruit. You will bear good fruit for God's kingdom when
0: you're living there. Your life will show the fruit of the Spirit of God in your heart, in your thoughts, and in what you do. We are whole human beings, body, mind, and spirit. And you will see the fruit of God's work in in your heart and in my heart when when I'm abiding there my thoughts, and in my emotions, my, my, my heart, and in what I'm doing with my body physically. Like Jesus getting down on his knee and
1: washing feet. That is physical service.
0: Modeled that
1: for us. Galatians 5.22 tells us the fruit of the Spirit. I encourage you to memorize that. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace,
0: patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness,
1: self-control. There's no law against any of those things. No law anywhere against those things. So when you see and feel these things
0: in your life, you'll know that you are abiding in God And in his love. When we don't have these things in our lives, we can be sure that we're abiding in that old small self again that we were needed to throw off, Paul said.
1: Throw off that old self. Put on the new self. Live in your true self that is in union with God through his Spirit.
0: So when you're feeling
1: strong, negative emotions,
0: anxiety, depression, anger, frustration, strong, negative emotions that you feel like, no, those emotions are controlling me. then, Then you're not living and abiding in the spirit of God. You're not living and abiding in him. You have made a choice in your heart and mind say, no, Jesus, thanks for making me that beautiful house. Sure looks nice in there. But I'm going to go, and I used this illustration of a tent last time. I'm going to go back to living in my leaky, cold, damp uh, tent out here outside. Even though the, the, the roof's falling in on it, it's, it's, it's leaking and stuff. But I'd rather go live back there right now. I don't want to abide with you right now, Jesus. I'm checking out. I mean,
1: that's what's happened
0: in our minds when we're in a state like that. That You're probably not using those words. You've
1: just found yourself there like a dream. It's like, how did I get here? (laughs) What am I doing here? But, okay, I'm here, and I'm going to fight while I'm in here. I'm going to win while I'm in here. I'm going to be right while I'm in here. I'm going
0: to fix the world while I'm in here. And I'm going to get some things for myself and, and make a name for myself while I'm in here. And along the way, you know, others are like,
1: hey, good job. You know, that's great. You did a great
0: job with that. And look how great you are. And you're so wonderful. And ooh, that ego's feeling really good. And there's just the seesaw effect of feeling good, feeling terrible. Feeling good again, feeling really terrible. Feeling good, fighting. Anxiety. I'm depressed. What's happening? Okay, I'll do this. Okay, now I'm feeling a little bit better from this. You see, it's like it's like a seesaw back and forth. My kids were on a seesaw a couple days ago, and it's like one of them gets off and boom, slam. Watch that. That's what it's like living in that old self. It's this seesaw all over the place. You live in the true self, and it's peace,
1: love. No matter what the storm of life is coming at you, patience.
0: You can see this in in truly, like, wise, spiritual, older people. You know who they are. You've been around them.
1: It's like, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. It's going to be all right. How can you say that?
0: (laughs) Don't you know? Haven't you seen on the news, blah, 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 blah? Want some more lemonade? (laughs) You know, there's just a peace there in their hearts and those are the kind of people i want to like sit with and learn from tell me some of your stories what's god been doing in your life my grandfather was one of these type of people i knew him in his older life he wasn't like that in his younger life he, i really think you go through like two halves of life so i knew second half of life grandpa <laughs> i heard some stories about first half of life grandpa by like, katie's grandfather too so like we we Really blessed to have these two men in our lives to model this type of godly living to us. And I'd go on uh, just car rides with my grandfather and ask him, God, "What's what's the Lord been teaching you, Grandpa?" And I think I'm the only person that ever asked him a question like that. He was just so taken with that. We just talked, and talked, and talked. I just wanted to hear what he had to say. Like it's beautiful. You know, it's those kind of people. They're they're in a place in life where the selfish ego just doesn't matter to them. They've they've hit the end of all of these different pursuits. And they realize that, that old small self that Paul said to throw off. It's like, yeah, he was right. So I'm just kind of throwing that off every day. I'm doing what Jesus said. I'm denying myself, taking up my cross, and following Jesus. now many of us know these things intellectually we know this truth in our minds but man it's hard to live there isn't it it's hard to keep throwing off that old self and living in in our soul abiding with God abiding with the spirit walking step by step with the spirit
1: day by day by day we we really don't know how to live any differently
0: been in that old self, because that's what we've been investing our whole lives in building up. We hear sermon after sermon and know that how we should live in our minds, but we sit here in this room and we, we, we're stressed and we're anxious, or we're arguing with our neighbor in our hearts, or we're envying others, or we're consumed with depression or anxieties and other strong negative emotions that we just can't seem to shake. We struggle day after day to throw off that old self and live step by step with the spirit of God. This is the daily battle of life, basically. How how can we change this, brothers and sisters? How can we be like that peaceful, wise old grandpa without having to be 85 years old? (laughs) How? How? I, I want peace now, right? I want love now. I want joy right now. I don't want to have to wait till I'm 80 years old to get to that place. There must be a way, Lord. Help me see it. And there is a way. Jesus is the way the truth and the life. Follow him. He didn't just say no about me. And this is a touchy one here. I'm going to say it. He didn't even just say, believe in me. Some of us, we get to that part. And we're like, okay, I'm done. Spiritual check mark, done. Believe in Jesus.
1: Yes. I got it. Follow me. Ooh. He
0: said it a lot. Even when he was with, with Peter after eating, he was like, Peter, do you love me? Tend my sheep, feed my lambs. Look at that end of chap of John. Follow me. He says it with exclamation. And he was going back to the father. So it wasn't just for while he was here, brothers and sisters. He's, he's asking all of us, he's inviting all of us, he is commanding all of us, follow me. This goes for kids. This goes for grandparents. This goes for mom and dad. This goes for everyone. Follow me, Jesus says. So what does that look like? That's how we change the seesaw battle of our hearts every day. We just commit that day, wake up, look at the ceiling, smile. I'm going to follow you today, Jesus. Help me. Help me follow you today, Jesus. That's the kind of prayer Jesus is going to honor. That's the kind of prayer, like, you ask that in his name, he's going to do it. Help me follow you today, Jesus. So, how do we change this? Well, first it starts with faith, believing, and it it builds with desire, a longing, a hunger in our hearts and our souls for God. Faith that builds with desire. Faith is believing that these words are true, which most of us in this room. We're kind of, we're there, most of us. I would think it's probably pretty safe to say that. Most of us in this room are,
1: we're there, we believe
0: it. That's why we're here. So some of the young people might be here because mom and dad dragged me along. I understand saying that. We gotta go again. When can we go home? <laughs> some of you here like that. But most of us are here because we believe this. Like we wanna be here. We wanna hear these words. We We believe them. But next, there's a, there's a, there needs to be a desire, a hunger for God and his love in our souls. A hunger that goes deeper and it's stronger than anything else we hunger for. A hunger for, for God in our souls even more than we hunger for Fawn for Burkett's desserts. Because <laughs> they're so good. This goes deeper and deeper, deeper than that. deeper than worldly hungers if you have faith and desire god's spirit will guide you to truth and shape your path to peace he will do it so so how do we get this hunger well, you know, there's this illustration I've always kept in my mind. You know, like this good, good dog, bad dog type of uh, an illustration. You know, if I, whichever dog I'm feeding the most in my mind is going to be the strongest dog, and it's going to be the, probably the most hungry dog because as you eat more, you build more of an appetite, right? You do. Trust me on that. <laughs> Trust me on that. <laughs> the more you eat, the more you want to eat. Like, you build the appetite. <clears throat> so I'm thinking about this. I'm racking my brain. I'm asking Katie. Like, how how do we make this practical? How how does this play out? And one of her biggest things is turn off the screens. Turn off the screens. These screens, and I'm talking about phones. Thank you, Zoom, for this uh, phone thing here. But we've got a screen in our face all the time now. And that's just feeding that old self. There's hardly anything in that screen that's feeding your true self. I can guarantee that. Turn off those screens. I mean, I'm giving you some real practical ways I'm giving me some real practical ways right now that we can lean into this teaching and see real spiritual transformation in our hearts and in our minds. If you will take this to heart, this can actually you know, save you probably thousands upon thousands of dollars in therapy and counseling. And that's not a joke. It's real. Turn off the screens. You don't need to be looking at that screen. Now, some of you, it's, it's the phone. Some of us, it's an iPad. Some of it's a computer or a TV with Fox News or whatever rolling constantly. Turn them off. Turn them off. We need to learn how to quiet our minds. Just be quiet in our minds with God. We we have lost that skill as a culture. Especially since the iPhone was invented. But before that, it was something else and something else and something else. Turn off the screens. I was reading Jonathan Edwards. I'm a nerd like that. And uh, it was funny because he's in the 1700s writing in his journals. And he was so burdened by the frivolous waste of time people were, were doing, playing <laughs> frivolous games,
1: <laughs>
0: like board games or cards or you know, whatever. And I'm thinking, well, that's what we want our kids to do now. We want to get them off the screen. <laughs> we want them to play board games and stuff. We have a game, night everything. Oh my goodness. So in every generation, there's something there that, that basically it's distracting us from quietness with God. And you know what it is for you. Turn off the screens. Quiet your mind. And here's a secret. We cannot control the events and circumstances of the outer world. We just can't. But we can control our response to them. And that response, for all practical purposes, is your reality. Remember that truth. You can't control what goes on in the outside world. What you can really only control is your
1: response to what happens in the world. The older you get, the more you're going to understand that. And so here's a couple of ways we can start to work on this.
0: If you want others to be more loving, choose to love first.
1: If you want a reconciled outer world, reconcile your own inner world. If you're working for peace out there, create it within as well. If you notice other people's irritability, let go
0: of your own. If you want to find some other some outer stillness, find it within yourself.
1: If you're working for justice, treat yourself justly also. If you find yourself resenting the faults of others, stop resenting your own. We are our own worst inner critic. If the world seems desperate, let go of your own despair. If you want a just world,
0: start being just in small ways yourself. If your situation feels hopeless, honor the one spot of hope inside your heart. If you want to find God, then honor God within you, and you will always see God beyond you. For it is only God in you that knows where and how to look for God. Jesus said, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Grant pardon, and you will be pardoned. Give, and there will be gifts for you. The amount you measure out is the amount you will be given back, Luke chapter 6. <clears throat> Matthew 7, Jesus said, seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Ask and it will be given. Your desire to seek and hunger for God reflects the work of God in you. Do you seek and hunger for God today? I pray that we start building that spiritual appetite in our own hearts. You know, Romans 12 and Ephesians 4 both hit on this very strongly. Renew your mind, Paul teaches us. This, a lot of this starts right up here in this messed up crazy place up here in our minds. Renew your mind. Transform your mind. Jesus came preaching what? Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand repent is metanoia change your mind
1: repentance is changing your mind what happens up here your thoughts
0: you can have a loving joyful and peaceful mind don't you want that i pray you want that i want that
1: how does that look
0: like you know what does that look like how can it be how do we have a loving joyful and peaceful mind in the midst of all the difficulties and troubles we have in the world. We have trouble. This doesn't make all the trouble go away. It just changes our response to the trouble. We have a response of joy
1: and peace and love in the midst of our trouble. Well, you can experience this and I'll close with some of these thoughts. And this is, these are some practical
0: statements on what it looks like to change your mind. It so really depends. When your mind does not need to be right. How many times do we just fight and fight and fight because we are, we are right again. If they just be right like us, the whole world would be safe.
1: When you can let go and
0: your mind does not need to be right. When you no longer need to compare yourself with others. Most of our depression comes from comparing ourselves with others, And those phones are in our face all the time, and they're projecting their idealized self to the whole world. And we're just comparing ourselves to their idealized self all the time, and we will never measure up to that. And so you always feel like you never measure up when you're looking at that all the time. And now the algorithms are so good, they just keep feeding things back to us constantly that, that they know we like. They know, you, they know your soul better than you do. That's terrifying. I'm a computer scientist. I know about this stuff. It's frightening. So they're
1: feeding back
0: to you these things constantly. And you will never measure up. And you feel that longing for that thing and they know it's there. They want you to long for it. So you never stop watching. Before you know it, if you look at your screen stuff, you've been in there three
1: hours. Where did the day go? All right, chasing a rabbit there. So when you no longer need to compare yourself with others, man,
0: you'll feel a peace flood your, your mind that you like, wow, this is a free place. This is amazing. When you no longer need to compete, not even within your own head. When your mind can be creative without needing anyone to know. When you can live in contentment with whatever the moment offers. The Apostle Paul said, learn to be content in all situations. He learned it. Well, it didn't come naturally. He learned to be content. When you do not need to analyze or judge things in or out, positive or negative. When your mind doesn't need to be in charge, but can serve the moment with gracious and affirming information. When your mind follows the intelligent lead of your heart. <clears throat> when your mind is curious and interested, not suspicious or interrogating. When your mind does not brood over injuries that you've suffered from others. When you do not need to humiliate, critique, or defeat those who have hurt you, not even in your mind. When your mind does not need to create self-justifying storylines. When your mind does not need the future to be better than it is today. That's a key right there. We walk in despair and we're like, one day it's gonna be better. When you can let go of that thinking and just fall into love and grace. And I don't, tomorrow doesn't have to be better than today. When you can let go of that, again, you're gonna experience a peace in your life
1: that you never felt before. And that peace is from God.
0: When your mind can let go of obsessive or negative thoughts, when your mind can think well of itself without needing to, when your mind can accept yourself as you are, warts and all, when your mind can surrender to what is, when your mind does not divide or always condemn one side or group before we're heading into elections, and there's a lot of that going When your mind can find truth on both sides, not just political. What I'm suggesting here is more holistic thinking. We're, we're very much dualistic thinkers. It has to be A or B. It cannot be some kind of and, right? How do you hold paradoxes together in your mind? This is, this is mature thinking. Can you hold a paradox together in your mind? doesn't have to be A or B. There's truth maybe in both sides of this. And how does it work together? I think that's what Jesus was getting at. I'm in the Father. The Father is in me. The Holy Spirit in you. Abide in me. There's integration here. He's trying to teach us how to think. When your mind can fill the gaps with the benefit of the doubt for both friend and enemy. Most of us, we're filling the gaps of information with suspicion, right? There's, I have this truth. I have this truth. There's a gap here. I don't know the whole story. What are you filling that gap with? When your mind can fill that gap with the benefit of the doubt, you're walking in the spirit of God in those moments. When your mind fills that gap with suspicion, distrust, negative thinking and emotions, You're in the old self. When your mind can critique and also detach from the critique. When your mind can wait, listen, and learn. When your mind can live satisfied without resolution or closure. When your mind can forgive and actually forget. When your mind can admit it was wrong and change. When your mind can stop judging and critiquing itself. When you don't need to complain or worry to get motivated. When you can observe your mind contracting into self-preservation or self-validation and then laugh about it or weep over it. Oh yeah, I was just going into that old self. Okay, I see it now. Ha ha ha. I'm getting out of there. Or you just weep over it. God, help me get out of here when you can actually love from your mind when your mind when you can when your mind can find god in all things so this happens through a changing of our minds a repentance from a place of building up that old self to abiding in the love of god through the holy spirit in our soul and i saw a picture of a person who has lived this her name is pauline my voice of the martyr is email, and I'll close with this. This is Pauline. After the murder of her husband, Rami, a leader of the Bible Society in Gaza, Pauline wrestled deeply with Romans 8.28, which promises what? God will work all things together for good. God, how can you be working for good? My husband was murdered. I have children now to care for, and he is gone. Brutally murdered. How, God, is that working for good? what good could come from her husband's murder what good could come from having to raise her three children one not yet born without their father pauline asked god why he allowed her to marry rami knowing he had been chosen to die a martyr's death she didn't want to forgive his killer she didn't want to that's the old self it doesn't want to forgive it wants
1: revenge she wanted the murder to pay for his crime. In this podcast that they were advertising here,
0: she shows and shares how the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that's what we're talking about here. The Holy Spirit softened her heart during a five-year journey. It didn't just happen. Five-year journey. Sometimes it doesn't just happen. It brought her to forgive her husband's killer. And she didn't just forgive quietly in her heart. She posted a message of forgiveness on the Internet and social media. And that post has blessed many Christians and challenged many Muslims to come to know Christ. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. That's the invitation from Jesus today, brothers and sisters. Love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. His spirit will dwell within you. You can let go, throw off that old sinful self and live in his love, joy, and peace today. That's what he's inviting us to. Then we can love each other from a sincere heart and ask whatever we wish in Jesus' name and he will do it. Father will be glorified in the Son. Amen.